the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now that's how you kick off an Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast, a little Judas Priest. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great weekend. I hope you had a great Father's Day for those fathers out there, and including the mothers who also double as fathers as well. I hope you've had a great day uh, with your kids and uh, you were spoiled and got to do the things that you wanted to do. We've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to have news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? Very easily on uh, Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram, at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, via email at albertg nycradio.com. Don't forget, iTunes, we're on that platform. You search A-G Craft Beer Cast, you can find all the shows there. We're Alexa Ready as well, iHeartRadio, Odyssey.com, Hopped Up Network. Head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com, you can listen to the podcast version of this program uh, usually a couple minutes after the show. I post it up there this way. As soon as it's done, if you missed it, oh, you know what? Two minutes later, you click on it, you download it, and you can listen to it whenever you want. And there are plenty of other great shows on the Hopped Up Network that you should absolutely listen to. They are worth it. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, uh, Gidon Kahl, he is the owner and cider maker of Original Sin Cider, will join me. I had no idea that in May there was a New York Cider Week I know we have beer weeks all over the place. Philly Beer Week was a couple, of, uh, a couple of weeks ago. New York City Beer Week is in February. No idea that we had a cider week uh, in, in, our, in, in our city. Amazing. But anyway, uh, I, sp- I spoke with Gadon. A fascinating discussion on cider and apples. I really got a, a wonderful education, and I want, I want to talk to him more on a future program. Uh, maybe we'll do two segments. Uh, uh, just on all the cider and how cider is made, um, it was a great interview. We had a lot of fun with it. I hope you enjoyed it as well. That's coming up uh, 20 minutes from now. Judas Priest to kick off the show. I am so pumped. I got my tickets two weeks ago to go see, finally, Judas Priest, 50 heavy metal years. It was supposed to be last year, but because of the pandemic, it was postponed. Wednesday, October 27th at the Prudential Center. I cannot be more excited. Um, for me, it's great because it's a five-stop train ride from my house. I don't have to worry about driving. Uh, which is awesome, paying to park and all that other nonsense. Um, yeah, it's the middle of a week, but it's a week in which I'm going to be going to a couple of concerts. The Record Company that Monday, Judas Priest that Wednesday. Um, concerts are back, and I, for one, cannot be more excited. It's just awesome. I am uh, thrilled that we are finally starting to get back to normal after almost 15 months of being locked in our homes, essentially. Speaking of music and beer... Pearl Jam partnered with a Montana-based brewery on a new beer for a good cause. Kettle House Brewing Company unveiled the MPS Pool Ale. It's a limited-edition pale ale brewed with lemon drop hops and boasts a 5% ABV. The new brew was created in honor 
of a Pearl Jam streaming event that took place June 18th through the 21st, where Nugs.net aired the band's uh, Missoula, Montana show uh, from June 2018 for the first time. Um, per Kettlehouse Brewing, portion of the proceeds from MPS Pool Ale sales will be donated to Montana Pool Service. It's a nonprofit founded by Pearl Jam's Jeff Ament, born and raised in Montana. MPS organizes and funds world-class skate parks in rural and isolated communities for young people. The contributions donated from this beer will go to the new skate park being built in Superior, Montana. The brewery notes that MPS Pool Ale cans will be available at both Kettle House Tap Rooms. Uh, this was back on June 8th in the weeks following. Uh, four, uh, four packs uh, will hit shelves anywhere you can find Kettle House beer. I'm assuming that they only distribute within uh, Montana, but I could be wrong. And uh, it says it's available uh, this summer while it lasts. So kudos uh, to Kettle House Brewing and kudos to Pearl Jam for putting this together. That is very cool. So you got uh, music and beer, which always is a good combination. Our friends from Heavy Seas back on June 18th, uh, back this, pa- uh, this past Friday, uh, released Strawberry Shortcake Ale. This is another release from their 15-barrel brew house. It was brewed in collaboration with Weber's Cider Mill Farm, brewed with their freshly picked local strawberries. Uh, this is a... I'm trying to think what type of beer this is. Let's see. Apple Cider Strawberry Shortcake Ale... Um, let's see. We incorporated the fresh-picked berries, lactose, a touch of vanilla, English yeast, some oats, and yes, shortcake in the mash. That's pretty cool. So it's a sort of a, a summery type of treat. Good for them. Uh, so that is out now, uh, and you can get it directly uh, from Heavy Seas if you hit the tap room. I've got. I keep saying I'm going to make a trip down to Baltimore. There's a number of places I have to visit. Obviously, Heavy Seas is one of them. I'd love to go to Declaw, and then I got to go visit my buddy Jim Wagner over at uh, BC Brewery. Uh, brewery. Uh, I have to make my plans. Maybe I'll do that in the fall because um, I am planning on taking some time off and maybe that's a perfect trip um, for the fall. We shall see. Um, Brooklyn-based Five Boroughs Brewing is going to be distributing their beer in Connecticut. This is awesome. This is uh, the first expansion uh, for Five Boroughs outside of New York State. Uh, it is celebrating their fourth anniversary this summer. We have to get uh, Blake Thomas and uh, Kevin O'Donnell back on the program. It's been far too long, and it's been far too long since I've been there. Uh, and as Blake says in the press release, we're thrilled about the move. As our presence in the counties north of New York City uh, grew, it became clear that Connecticut was the perfect des- next destination for our beer. It'll be a pleasure to launch there this summer. If I'm not mistaken, Five Boroughs also did a collab with Twin Elephant. Uh, five Boroughs will enter the Nutmeg State with the help of Night Shift Distributing, the craft-centric distribution arm of Massachusetts Night Shift Brewing. They'll, uh, their core seasonal and one-off releases will be available in Connecticut starting this month. That is great news. Kudos uh, to my friends over at Five Boroughs Brewing. Trogues uh, released d- their double IPA, Nimble Giant. This is a once-a-year release. Uh, this is a fantastic uh, beer that kind of rivals their Mad Elf for the excitement that it generates. Uh, it's a really good beer, Nimble Giant. It uh, came up through the brewery Small Batch Scratch Series. Uh, of course, the hop combination of Mosaic, Simcoe, and Azaka uh, clocks in at 9%. It is a backbone of Pilsner and Vienna Malt. It's a big beer that goes down really, really smooth. I've had this. It is excellent. Uh, that is out now on draft and in four packs and cases of 16-ounce cans wherever Trogue's beer is sold. Now, speaking of some other stuff that's going on, so I mentioned Five Boroughs did a collab with Twin Elephant. Um, another cool thing is that two of my, uh, two of my I, I shouldn't say, well, they, they are kind of my favorite breweries. 
But uh, they're very popular. Well, I don't know how to. All right, forget it. I'm just going to say it. They, these are two really great breweries that I love very much. We've had Scott Wells from Bolero Snort on the program many, many times. And we just had Sean Torres on recently from Killsboro Brewing. They're doing their big pizza party thing. You can get tickets now. Uh, just head over to killsboro.com. Uh, you can check them out. Check out their Facebook page. And um, you can get tickets there. They're 65 bucks. I don't think they're sold out yet. They're doing a pizza party at Snug Harbor on Saturday, July 31st. You get eight slices of pizza plus all the beer uh, that you want to dive into. Uh, unlimited pours. It's an awesome event. I'm going to be there. I can't wait. And the proceeds go to help out Snug Harbor, a place that is near and dear to my heart. And by the way, if you're in Snug Harbor, there's a little stand there. It's called Harbor Eats. Go check it out. My cousin Steven runs it. It's awesome. Uh, really good scratch-made food. Uh, he does a phenomenal job, and it's perfect when you're walking around Snug Harbor and the beautiful gardens uh, that are there and learning about the history um, of New York City and why Snug Harbor uh, was created uh, back in the day. Anyway, Hillsborough and Bolero are putting together uh, a collaboration. They just uh, posted a picture on it, I think, back on Thursday, the 10th of June, so probably within the next, I would say, four weeks or so, so probably sometime uh, you know, late July, early August, you're going to see this collab come out from these guys, which I am really excited about uh, because I love these two breweries. And Killsboro is getting ready to move into their new facilities probably sometime late this year, early next, uh, right by Snug Harbor where they're going to have a tap room, a tasting room, which is great, so you can go visit them over there. You can visit them right now at their restaurant uh, brew house called Craft House, fantastic barbecue. And, of course, Bolero over uh, by the Meadowlands, right by MetLife Stadium, uh, which they just started. They just started a kickoff of. Um, they're doing these what they call cartoons instead of cartoons on Saturday mornings. They're opening the brewery a little bit earlier. They want you. To, they're encouraging people to come in in pajamas, bring some breakfast foods or whatever, and then they're going to have breakfast-inspired themed beers uh, in the tap room that you can drink. I think that is pretty cool. So kudos uh, to the boys from Bolero uh, as well as Heavy Seas. A lot of stuff to get into and. Um, I, I do want to, I'm remiss, we had this great interview with Augie Carton last week that ended up being three parts, and I'm happy for that because it's the first time that I've actually had Augie on the program. I've talked to Augie many times before, um, but it's the first time that I had him on the program, was excited about that. But I really wanted to talk about the Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest, didn't have time to do that, and we will talk about that uh, later on in the program. Um, either in Suds and Duds or maybe in our next segment we'll do that. We'll do a little expanded edition uh, of my review of the Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest. I have to tell you, it was just great to see so many people uh, at the event uh, having a blast. Uh, we got uh, stopped for a little bit because of the rain, but it, it, held on, it, it stopped right before uh, the session started, which was great. And uh, we just had a wonderful time, and I'll dive more into that uh, coming up in our next segment. So when we come back after a short break, we'll have some news. But I'm also going to give you a, a review of the Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest and, in my opinion, why I think they should hold it at Baderfield every year. If they're going to do it, do it around this time of year in June. That's coming up next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter, at Alcatulo. Instagram, at Catulo. That is G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. 
Um, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email, Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Podcasts. Do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and uh, you will get find the shows on those platforms. Alexa Ready as well, Odyssey.com, iHeartRadio, Hopped Up Network. Head over to the Hopped Up Network. You can download and listen to the show, usually Monday mornings, a few minutes after the show airs on Sunday nights, and you can download it and listen to it at your Pleasure. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, uh, Gadon Call, he's the owner and cider maker of Original Sin Cider. He will join me. It's a fascinating discussion on cider and apples, and that happens just about 10 minutes from now. Uh, outdoor dining in New York City, staying put for now, Mayor de Blasio said. Uh, all of the restaurants that are, are struggling due to COVID, they need help to get back in the black. He added outdoor dining, more important than parking spots. Some may disagree. However, I will agree with him on this point. The mayor said if a restaurant is using its outdoor space for storage, it will ask the restaurant to give up its spots. But that's great that outdoor dining will continue. Um, And I know that they're trying to make certain things permanent. I'm going to get a whole recap on that uh, next week. Now, Congressman Josh Gottheimer uh, wants to take money from the American Rescue Plan and offer $500 bonuses to people who get back to work by August 1st and are still working come September 1st. Now, business owners uh, have increased what they're paying but say it's still hard to find employees. Gottheimer says Connecticut and Colorado have already put similar programs in place. I think this is a good idea. I, I, I'm hesitant to say you have to pay people more in order to get them back to work, but we are seeing a shortage of workers everywhere. And it's not just retail, it's restaurants, it's bars, it's breweries, it's every job sector, uh, or a, a great deal of them, is experiencing shortages. And it's not good. Um, this is not a good thing. It needs to um, be taken care of, and I think this is a way to approach it where it wouldn't cost the New Jersey taxpayer. It's money that's already being given by the federal government. You take it out. You give it to these people. You get them back to work. They get a little bit of a bonus. They work for a month. They're back, they get this bonus. They don't have to go back on the government dole. Enough already. we got to get people back to work. It's very important. You can increase wages all you want. Tim McClune uh, was offering $15 an hour to people. Still can't find people. We've got to get people back to work. It's very important. Now, earlier this week, uh, on Wednesday, the 16th of June, there was a bill uh, put into the New Jersey Assembly to, uh, for resident, uh, for, to allow New Jersey residents to continue to have craft beer and other craft alcoholic beverages delivered to their home that is, was to be voted on by the Assembly. Uh, the Assembly bill is A-5848, sponsored by Committee Chairman John Berzichelli which would allow bars and restaurants to continue their cocktails-to-go programs and for the first time in the state allow craft beer, craft spirits, cider, and mead to be shipped directly to your home from both in-state and out-of-state manufacturers. This is a game-changer. It's a temp- there was a temporary bill put in place. This bill would make it permanent. Um, earlier last week, uh, this past week, Joe Piscopo had to leave early uh, to go attend his son's high school graduation. We had Assemblyman Robert Authon the program, and that was what I wanted to talk to him about. This little snippet of this interview is three minutes long, but I want to play it because it is important. Um, and uh, the bill has yet to be voted on uh, as of this taping on Thursday. So as soon as we find out if the bill has passed or not, I will let you know that. But again, this interview with Robert Orth that I had, and this is just about the alcohol portion of the um, of the bill, uh, the interview with, with Robert is about three minutes long, but I want you to take a listen to it um, to see where we're going here. And my initial question to him was I asked him about his his thoughts uh, about the bill and what he thought about it. Uh, Al, this is an 
an extension of a prior bill that we passed in the assembly, which was A3966, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, wholeheartedly for it. Um, we have to understand that there are approximately 130 breweries in our state, 32 distilleries, 21 brew pubs, three cideries, and three uh, mediaries. Those are wineries that have honey wines. And all those people would be affected by this bill so they could ship to residents in the state and ship outside the state. Right. And uh, this is something we want to encourage because they're going to increase productivity of these uh, 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 distilleries, and they're going to a- add employees to the distilleries. It's also going to help our restaurants. Our restaurants were hit very hard. Absolutely, absolutely. And now, So now let me make sure I have this right. If the bill is passed and the Senate passes it as well, uh, it, from the shipping perspective, that means New Jerseyans would be able to get, uh, to get uh, spirits, uh, beer, wine from out-of-state manufacturers as well. Is that correct? That's correct. There was a constitutionality issue, and that wasn't originally in the bill, but right. uh, as a result of that, it was added to the bill, which I think is fine. I think access to uh, products for New Jerseyans is a very important thing, and, and we should not uh, have any impediments on that. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, because I know for years there were a lot of people, and I'm in, uh, you know, involved in different Facebook groups and stuff, and they talked about how um, you know, Jersey beers couldn't be shipped out of state. It's against the law. And, and again, getting beer to come into the state was a very involved process. Listen, some people do it. I get it. I know how they do it. But, you know, from a legal standpoint, it's not legal. This is a good thing. Um, you know, Assemblyman, the, the other question that I have, and I'm glad that you're supporting the bill. So if the bill is passed today, it moves on to the Senate, which would vote on it before the end of the le- legislative she- session because the governor has to put this into law by the by July 1st is that correct um, yes um, it, we will be in recess and then well it could come back later in the in the year in November but uh, I think that uh, something like this should be done right away because we have the summer coming up now there's a, a lot of opportunity for mm-hmm. for uh, restaurants to take take uh, advantage of this especially now this year we're expecting a, a, a very robust uh, visits to the shore from from our uh, uh, New Jersey residents plus right. out-of-state residents, and we want restaurants to be able to avail themselves of this particular aspect of, of uh, merchandising their their, uh, their yeah. products, and that and that includes uh, you know alcohol with the meals that they deliver to homes. And, and to be clear, the bill that is uh, that is on right now that is legal is temporary. It is it's supposed to expire, I think, next year. I believe is that correct? Yes. Well, there's a, there's a couple of different triggers that make it expire. Um, one of the triggers is once uh, occupancy gets back up to normal, which they're saying is happening right now, right. Uh, that would make the bill expire. And that's that's very dangerous because then all of a sudden, uh, theoretically, it could get turned off. That's why we want to try to pass this before the legislature goes on vacation. Uh, you know, and I want to thank Assemblyman Robert Auth for that uh, that interview the other day on the Joe Piscopo Show. Really mu- very much appreciate it. Again, this interview was being taped on uh, interview. This segment is being taped on a Thursday, so on Thursday the seventeenth. So the bill has yet to pass yet uh, through the assembly. So I'm not sure if it's being you know if it's passed, made into law. As soon as we have an update on it, of course, I will let you guys know about it. But it's important, and we've got to get out there, everybody. Not only just New Jersey, but everywhere across the country. You're going out now. You're heading out to restaurants. I couldn't even. I tried to get a, a dinner from my wife next week for her birthday. I tried to make a reservation. They have no reservations. 
Get out there, people. We need to get out there and start supporting these businesses, but we also need to get people back to work. It's important. Finally, 21st Amendment Brewing uh, is uh, their latest year-round release called Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA. It's a 6.8% ABV. Uh, it is made, and uh, it's a, there's a blood orange brew free or die IPA, and a regular version. It is hitting the shelves nationwide in six packs and twelve packs uh, in July. Uh, it will be a harmonious blend of Idaho Seven El Dorado, Azaka Mosaic Amarillo, and Calypso Dry Hops. Apparently, the package depicts Abe Lincoln with sunglasses on and in full vacation mode. Very cool. So again, six packs and twelve packs. It's a uh, it's also as a part of 21st Amendment's IPA variety hop pack, hop pack, which will be available in all 33 states where 21st Amendment distributes uh, coming up in July of 2021 here. For more information, just go to 21st-amendment.com for more locations. When we come back after a short break, Gadon Call, he's the owner and cider maker of Original Sin Cider. He is going to join me on the program. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Of course, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo. Instagram at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. We're also on iTunes as well. You just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can find the show on that platform. Alexa ready as well. We're on Odyssey, uh, the Odyssey app, Odyssey.com, iHeart, and of course, we are on the Hopped Up Network. You just head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com, and you can check out the podcast version of this show. Monday mornings, usually right after the show, a couple minutes after the show, we post the podcast so that you can download it and listen to it uh, whenever you feel like it. Now, my next guest, he is the founder-owner of a cidery that is located right here in Manhattan. More on that in just a moment. He's been exploring and making ciders since 1996 when... Ciders really weren't a thing for a lot of people. Uh, for more info, you just go to Original Sin, that's C-I-N, dot com. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, Gidon Call. Gidon, how are you? Great. I uh, really appreciate being on the show. Thanks for having us. Absol- having Absolutely. Now, am I correct in assuming that the name Original Sin uh, comes from the Bible and uh, Adam eating the apple that Eve gave him? Uh, it does. Uh, what actually happened is 20, in 1996, I was sitting in a bar in New York City, the old Kettle Fish, okay. and I was served, you know, that point in time, there really weren't many ciders, and I was served a, a sweet cider, and I just thought to myself, no one's, why is no one making dry ciders? And it can't be right then, there's an opportunity for a dry cider, and the very first name that I thought of was original sin, Adam and Eve, Dapple. But just inter- interestingly, when I told friends of mine, everyone, cider had a really negative connotation back then, mm-hmm. uh, partially because the ciders are available very sweet. And everyone was like, uh, we don't, you know, I'm not sure if cider's a great idea, but we love the name. <laughs> so the name kind of stuck right away. All right. Uh, but kind of nice. But so. it's interesting that, that it, didn't, it, it didn't stick. Why? Because they felt that it was more of, because of the taste of it or because, of, because they felt that it was more like a female drink and men wouldn't want to drink cider? You know, at that time, so, you know, uh, at that time, the very first cider that I actually ever had, it was in 1990, uh, was was Woodpecker. And, 
uh, Balmer sent over Woodpecker to States instead of Strongbow, which was their best-selling product, because they thought Americans had a sweeter tooth. And just so after that, there was sort of the, a few ciders that came to market, and they all were really targeted towards a much younger market. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing element of New York City is New York City, the drinking age is older, and people want a little more sophisticated products. So I think part of the reason cider has negative connotation is that, you know, it was just really not really directed towards kind of an urban, more cosmopolitan market right. at that time. Now, uh, Gidon, were you a winemaker first, a brewer? What what made you decide that this was what you were going to do? You wanted to go in this direction of cider. Um, I didn't have much of a background. I ended up going, uh, start making the first batch uh, up about 70 miles from New York City, and I had uh, I. I consulted with a Peruvian wine expert who had a background in cider. That's how I got into the industry. And going back then, there really wasn't that much knowledge base for cider. You know, it's changed drastically since then. You know, in those days, once again, there's only a handful of ciders in this whole country. Right. Today, there's 1,100 cideries nationally, and there's 146 cideries in New York State alone. Wow. So it's kind of come full circle from what it was back in 1996. Well, that's pretty cool. We're talking with Gadon Call, the founder, owner, and cider maker of Original Sin Cider located in Manhattan. Uh, for more info, just go to Original Sin, S-I-N. I, I, I spelled it with a C in my, my handwriting there, of course, like an idiot, dot com. Again, OriginalSin.com for more information on the cider. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, you're located here in Manhattan, but where are you? Are you making the cider here in Manhattan, or are you making it somewhere else? Uh, we're making it up uh, near Syracuse, um, okay. and we so we make it up in Syracuse. And actually, my family had an old dairy farm in the Hudson Valley, so we also have a, a small orchard in Columbia County where we actually grow 150 varieties of apples as well. But that's more for sort of test batches. We actually sell we have to sell those apples at a local farmers market gotcha. in uh, in in Columbia County. Gotcha. So, now, let's talk about Brighter Time Cider. I'd be remiss if uh, I didn't say that I had no idea that New York had a cider week. I know New York has a beer week. There's all different types of weeks all over the country and you know, and in specific areas. I wish I had known. I would have been able to promote it on the show last month. But what is the flavor profile on this, and why is it called Brighter Times? All right. Um, so a few things on that. One is you know, I do live in a, in a city, um, so you know, during the height of, uh, you know, of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, it just, I just thought that there's, there would be nice to come up with like a product with sort of a nice positive message mm-hmm. and sort of tropical uh, influence would be well received. You know, at that time, you know, as you know, you know, in East Village, I think 55 bars and restaurants have closed down. Right. The parts of the city have obviously been devastated by COVID. So we just kind of wanted to put out a product that would be sort of tropical and good with a, with a, with a very positive spirit. Uh, pod, so it's made with pod juice, which is passion fruit, orange, and guava. Pod juice originates originated in Hawaii in the 1970s, and it's also developed a cult following in Hawaii. And the three flavors actually really go together well. And with this cider, it's really kind of a fascinating product because when you taste it, it starts off passion fruit. You kind of get orange in the middle, and you really kind of get like a nice orange guava blend at the end. So it's kind of like a fascinating how all those three three, three, three fruits work so well together. 
We're talking with Gadon Call. He's the founder, owner, and cider maker of Original Sin Cider. They're located right here in Manhattan. For more info, just go to OriginalSin.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So you mentioned the pandemic, and how has the pandemic affected you from a business standpoint? For some brewers, uh, things were good after a short closing period. Others never really lost steam. How is it for you as a cider maker? I know a lot of times... Uh, you know, the brewers obviously had issues because a lot of their sales were based on kegs and getting them to the bars, and then obviously the bars being closed. But your stuff is prim- is primarily cans. I'm sure you have some stuff on tap. How was it uh, from a business standpoint? Um, it, we're, we were fortunate in summer stocks because we we're, we're now in about 26 states, so we're economic, we're geographically diversified. Okay. So there are portions of this country which, once again, really bore the brunt of, uh, especially the bar and restaurant industry. Of uh, of the the pandemic, two of them really being New York and Chicago, which are both key markets for us. Right. But uh, fortunately, other parts of the country, our our sales were somewhat driven by off premise being like convenience stores and supermarkets, and there was you know a, about an eighteen percent bump up in off premise sales last year in the cider category. So in all, we actually ended up balanced out, and we had an, uh, a reasonable year. We we feel pretty fortunate that you know we kind of got through with you know in, in relatively good shape. Right, and then and just to circle back for a second on the brighter times, uh, you guys are going to be donating a percentage of the proceeds to New York City charities that give back to the hospitality industry because of so many people being out of work, and especially New York being hit uh, really the hardest of all the of all the fifty states in terms of uh, the hospitality industry. Is that correct? Uh, yes, we're donating, actually, not, not New York State, but uh, national organizations. Oh, okay. So donating um, to, to national organizations. Just so, uh, partially because our product is available in the 26 states, we figured right. it would be better to, to do so as such. So. Very cool. Uh, and last question for me, Gadon. In your description about the Hudson Valley Apple Project on your website, you make mention that if you go to a fruit stand and you see something that looks like an apple but maybe is not the traditional taste of an apple, why should someone try it? You tell you're encouraging them to try. It. Why should someone try it? Um, some of the most interesting flavor profiles come from some very unique shaped apples. Um, partially, you know, when it comes to supermarkets, the the, the, the apples that sell in supermarkets are, you know, uh, have eye appeal. You know, they're beautifully red and sure. they might last long and travel well. But there's so many apples that have this, you know, either rusted it, so you almost have like a potato look to them. Mm-hmm. We grow 22 rusted varieties, or they might be smaller, or they might have very interesting shapes. We grow a very conical apple from Turkey called Candil Snap. We grow an apple that looks like a star from uh, from Switzerland oh. called Epiphyte We grow a smaller rusted apple called Pitmasting Pineapple that tastes like a pineapple. So there are all, all these apples with ranges of flavor profiles, anything that really tastes like a pear, if you eat them, to a pineapples, to strawberries, to everything in between. And that's kind of been lost because there are only, you know, the 7,500 varieties of apples, mm-hmm. but only, you know, uh, 11, 12 apples represent 88% of supermarket sales in this country. And the average Americans only had six apples in their lifetime. So all this amazing flavor profiles are kind of lost to the industry because people really only had supermarket apples. But one more point on that, if I sure. say, is that the nice thing about the cider industry is we need complex apples to make a complex cider. Right. So because of this burgeoning cider industry, was now 1,100 cideries, all over the country, people are now planting these much more unique and interesting apples. And they are showing up at farmer's markets. So if you go to Union Square, uh, you, know, you can find 
a, a great assortment uh, as the year progresses. And I recommend anyone to go out there and just go, go to a good farmer's market and just watch September through November and see what interesting apples uh, pop up and give them a shot. First, so. uh, you, you had sold me on the apple that, that tastes like a pineapple because I love pineapples, but... You, I, I, and I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not sitting here trying to blow sunshine up you, you know what. I have been interviewing people on this show for five years, and this has got to be the most interesting interview about a subject, about creating cider and making cider that I've, that I've ever done. My guest has been Gadon Call. He's the founder, owner, and cider maker of Original Sin Cider. Uh, they're located in Manhattan. For more information, just go to OriginalSin.com. Uh, Gadon, amazing job. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm looking forward to getting more of an education insider very soon. This was tremendous. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks, Al. Can I say one thing, if you don't sure. mind? Uh, just as a little plug, um, our Brighter Times did, did make it into the Trader Joe's shelves in New York City. So if anybody wants to try the Brighter, Brighter Times, it is available in, in local Trader Joe's. And really, really proud of how the product came out. We also use only freshly pressed New York apples. And New York... Adapt, it just adds a lot of complexity to the products. So I think you'll be people will be impressed. They go out and grab a six pack. Well, yeah. there there you have it. Go pick up Brighter Times if you like cider, or even if you want to try it for the first time and try something that's a little complex and maybe a little bit different from beer. Good done. Thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Catulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. Uh, don't forget iTunes, Google Play, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. Actually, there is no more Google Play, it's Google Podcasts or whatever it is, but just do a search, AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the shows on those platforms. Alexa Ready as well, iHeartRadio. We're on the Odyssey.com app as well as the Hopped Up Network. You head over there uh, a couple minutes after uh, the stroke of midnight on the East Coast, and you can listen to and download the beer cast and listen to it whenever you feel like it. Uh, Wanted to get into the Atlantic City Beer Music Fest uh, as a review before I dive into some suds and duds uh, from that night. And I have to tell you, um, John Henderson and your crew did an amazing job on Friday night at Baderfield. I was not there for the whole weekend. I was there for Friday night. I was there for the kickoff uh, on Thursday. But let me tell you something. John, uh, kudos to you, my friend. You did an amazing job of getting things up and running. We had to deal with a little bit of rain at the very beginning. Uh, The rain kind of went away uh, just about 15 minutes before the gates opened officially for the first session, if you weren't a VIP, uh, at 8 o'clock. Uh, just amazing, amazing event. I hope you do it at Baderfield every year. I know that there is this, um, you're leaning towards heading back to the convention center. I hope you don't do that. I think the outdoor event was a success. Yeah, I get it. The heat was a big factor on Saturday, um, but you're going to run into those sorts of things. So it's one of those things where um, maybe there is a little bit more planning, maybe some more watering stations. I thought from a social distancing and keeping things clean standpoint, Tremendous. Tremendous job. The elements is something that you're going to have to deal with. 
I thought the date was perfect, beginning of June. It should be warm enough where it shouldn't be a problem. Um, was it a lot of walking? Absolutely. But it's always a lot of walking. It doesn't matter if you're in the convention center or not. You have to walk a lot. They had the runway set up with different breweries. The only thing I would have done differently, in my opinion, I would have grouped certain breweries together. I would have done sort of a South Jersey row, a North Jersey row. And I get it um, that maybe that wasn't feasible enough or that wasn't the plan. Um, I I just didn't like personally the hodgepodge of, you know, mixing in a national brewer uh, with uh, a local brewer. I thought it could have been a little bit tighter like the, the last couple of years at the convention center where you had an entire row of Jersey beers. And if all you wanted to do was just do the Jersey breweries, you could do that. That I thought was cool. Again, my opinion doesn't have to be, you know, it's it doesn't have to be followed. doesn't even have to be considered. Um, but I think in, in that aspect, that's what I would have changed. Everything else about the event, the food trucks, the music, that's the other thing, the music. One other thing that struck me, I thought the um, getting out to the music, to the main stage, should have been lit better. Um, we were traipsing through the dark on Friday, and it was kind of an issue to get out there because it had rained and you weren't really sure where you were stepping so I think if it had been lit a little bit better, it probably would have been a better um, experience for me in terms of that. Otherwise, I thought everything was fantastic. We had such a great time. It was great to uh, chat with uh, actor Kelsey Grammer, who happens to be a brewer. His uh, uh, great American um, uh, Faith American Ale uh, was out, and um, he's also got an IPA out that is actually very good. Um, and he told me uh, he plans on opening the tap room. Uh, probably not this year. It's probably looking more like next year in Margaretville, New York. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that happens, because if it does, uh, I would love to go up there and visit one of these days uh, and sample some of the beer, or at least more offerings uh, of his particular beer. It was great. It was great catching up with John Cushow and Vic and Tom Renzulli. Um, awesome to see the guys from South Jersey Beer Scene and John Cushow. A big thank you to you. Uh, for getting me uh, the, the ticket to the event. I very much appreciate that. Um, and from my, my friend as well, getting us the uh, the badges to get in. Alexis Deegan, it was awesome to meet you finally for the first time. We've spoken on the phone many times, but to meet you for the first time personally, that was awesome. Of course, Mike Kivowitz from uh, New Jersey Craft Beer Club. Uh, always have a great time with Mike. And by the way, the collab that you and Departed Souls put together, uh, that beer was unbelievable. In fact, we're going to review that in just a couple of moments. And, of course, Paul Brown, uh, who used to work with John at uh, uh, Good Tricycle uh, Promotions, um, but now is doing his own thing with his Shirt Tropic uh, T-shirt thing, is fantastic. Uh, Paul, it was great to, to see you and catch up for a couple of minutes. I should have bought a shirt. I didn't get a chance to buy one. I'm a little upset about that, but I will buy one online, and I will, uh, I will have it shipped to me. That's all, because I love Hawaiian shirts. Who doesn't love a good Hawaiian shirt? I mean, let's face it, folks. Um, but let us dive into the beers, uh, because it was such an amazing event. We had such a good time. A couple of beers from the last couple of weeks. Hello, Western Mass from Treehouse Brewing. This is their um, Western Massachusetts sort of beers they're building uh, on Cape Cod. Uh, a righteous, solid IPA, malty, piney, very good. Uh, my neighbor Greg had given me um, a big crowler from Twisted Rail up in upstate New York called... Uh, Voxel Russian Stout, um, a decent stout. It was drinkable, nothing special about it. Um, if I had to say it was probably my dud of the group, um, I don't know if I would have gone back to it again and again. Uh, I gave it a chance to warm up a little bit and really try and get those complex flavors out, but uh, nothing doing. It wasn't that good. Uh, Coconut Mocha by Source. Now, 
This is a part of their Nitro series that Source is doing. And, of course, portions of the program brought to you by Source Brewing. Get your beer directly from the Source, Route 34 in Colts Neck, New Jersey, right next to Historic Delicious Orchards. Um, this is a great beer. Creamy, coconut, coffee, chocolate, all of it mixes well. You do a smash pour on this one. You kind of shake the can a little bit from side to side a couple of times. Then you crack that open, and you, you give it a hard pour uh, in the glass, and you watch it cascade as it comes up. A phenomenal beer. Good stuff from the boys from Source. Um, picked up this bottle from Separatist Beer Project uh, about, God, it's almost two months now, in April. Um, these Strange Times. Um, it's sour, but wasn't getting really the barrel aging on this one. I picked up the vanilla. The cinnamon is kind of lost in this. Um, it pours very dark. It was not super, super strong. Um, it was okay. Uh, nothing, like, like I said, nothing special uh, about that particular beer. Uh, the folks from Weldworks have sent me a bunch of beers, and finally I'm working my way through them. The Peanut Butter Cup uh, Acromatic by Weldworks. Oh, the peanut butter is subtle on this one, but it works. More chocolate than peanut butter in this beer. Uh, but as as it warms up, it gets better and better, which is really good. That's a, a, a nice stout. If you're into peanut butter but not too heavy peanut butter, that's the beer for you. Cultural Dynamics by Source, a solid New England IPA. Loved it. Great tropical flavor. Uh, very, very good. Now, a couple of the beers that I had when I was down in Atlantic City. Got a chance to try the Perp from Cape May at the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, which, by the way, the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, fantastic place. Uh, the food is outstanding. The beer taps are great. There is always solid stuff uh, on tap at the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. Obviously, it's a beer hall. Uh, but the food is top-notch. It's not, it, it's not a huge menu by any stretch of the imagination. It's not 40 items on the menu. But what they do, they do great. Their burger is off the charts. The perp from Cape May, grape knee-high. You ever had a grape knee-high soda? This is the beer. It's light. It's, I think it's under 4% or just around 4%. It is a perfect beer on a hot summer day. Uh, you can't beat it. Uh, after we, we spent time over there, and I'll get to the, uh, uh, oh, yeah, the uh, Anytime, Anywhere uh, from Departed Souls. That was the uh, collab beer with Less Than Jake and New Jersey Craft Beer Club. Awesome beer. Juicy. Um, had a little bit of that acidic burn to it because it had just been brought down. So it was one of those things where I think if you had it a couple of days later, it's probably good if you got cans of it. And you let it settle down a little bit before you cracked it open. It's probably settled down very nicely. Great job by the uh, by Brian and the folks at Departed Souls and New Jersey Craft Beer Club for putting this beer together. It is a great beer, and I know the band was very much appreciative of it. And then uh, had um, a couple of beers over at Chicky and Pete's at the Tropicana. Let me tell you something. Um, Chicky and Pete's is another great place in the Trop. If you're looking for good eats and a really great beer selection, this is the place to go. They had cans of other half like you wouldn't believe. And I was so happy because it was late. We were drinking. We were having a good time on Thursday night when we were down there a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, first time anybody could really get together in in in, in Moss. You know what I mean? Um, so had a, hopped, a double dry hopped Green City by other half, just like velvet. Went down smooth as silk. Fantastic beer. Um, and then I had the um, the double dry hopped All Galaxy Everything which another fantastic beer by Other Half. Those guys really, really knock it out of the park. They know exactly what they're doing, Other Half. Um, and it's one of those things where I am uh, fortunate that I have friends that can get me some Other Half. 
Um, Ed from Paragon Tap and Table, he made a trip over to the other half, picked up some cans, and I had forgotten to give him money. And he said, I'll give you an assortment of stuff. And he gave me four separate cans of some stuff from other half. So we'll dive into that in the next couple of weeks. But other half really makes some fantastic beer. And if you haven't been to the tap room yet in Brooklyn, which I have to make a, um, a trip out there one of these days, uh, it is definitely worth it. In fact, I think I'm going to plan that with my wife where we do a Saturday uh, over at a couple of these places because there are a number of Talea beer I want to check out, other half, a number of different places that I really want to check out. But I have to say, um, what the folks did down in Atlantic City to make you feel welcome to ha- having such a great time on really the first weekend where they could really open everything up was wonderful. And like I said, if John, Henderson's deci- John Henderson decides to have this event there again, uh, I am absolutely in. I'm in if it's at the convention center, no matter what. But it is. it was such a great thing to have it outdoors and to be able to walk around and smoke a cigar and have a good time. It was just a lot of fun. It was great to see so many people there. Uh, uh, Garrett from uh, Firestone Walker, the, the whole crew at Ross Brewing, the folks at Wet Ticket, um, seeing people from Founders. Uh, Natalie, it was great to catch up with you. The guys from Lunacy Brewing. Uh, love, love catching up with Ricky and the boys. It was great. We just had such a great time, and I'm looking forward to it again next year. Of course, my thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Gideon, uh, excuse me, Gadon Call, the owner and cider maker of Original Sin Cider, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody.